everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome into another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. A proud member of Underdog and the Underdog Fantasy family. If you use promo code TRIPLE and you're a first-time depositor over at Underdog Fantasy, they will match your first-time deposit up to $100. And this goes any sport. This could be baseball, basketball, football. Any sport they offer at Underdog Fantasy, this promo will be good for. So make sure you use promo code TRIPLE over at Underdog Fantasy. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode tonight. We have the whole crew, which I believe it is the first time in a month that we have the whole crew back. Wild to say, as consistent as we are. Marty Party, Doc, Little Cheesecake, all in the house. Fellas, how are we feeling tonight? I want to hear from Doc. Doc? How was last week, and how are you feeling now? <laughs> you know what? Had, I had a lot of FOMO, was definitely commenting. Um, I fly out tomorrow to Tropicana Field to see the Rays play, um, but I couldn't miss this show. I will give Doc credit. He is flying. He, he's driving over to Arlington. It's 930 at night currently. He still has to pack, then he has to drive over to Arlington, and then he's got a flight early in the morning. So if that's not dedication, I don't Wait, know what is. You why didn't you pack yet? I, it's you're I'm mostly packed. Okay, I've been busy, but you know what? I mean that that's what happens when you love your your co-host. You don't take time off. There it is. That's right. There that's it is. Great. Well, we got a great show for you guys. Of course, we've got our WOW players. We've got a twist on Bring Out Your Dead tonight that even the rest of us don't know about. Little cheesecake said it was a surprise for everybody. We've got Marty's two-star pitchers and his Marty party. We've got Doc's doctor's office. All that and more coming along here. Let's get things started with the TPF rundown, starting with the WOW players of the week. And Doc, Nolan Jones on this list, who surprisingly, I, I realized he wasn't rostered as much as I thought he might be. And he was a free agent in our home league. I saw he just got picked up. Over his last seven games, a 364-14-720 triple slash with two home runs, seven RBIs over that time. He's been hitting 333 with six RBIs since the beginning of August and just came off a two-home run game yesterday. He's hitting in the middle of the Rockies lineup, which obviously in Colorado is a great thing. Away from Colorado can be trouble, but he actually has better splits away from Colorado, surprisingly. So Nolan Jones, if he's out there, should he be picked up? You know, it's funny, David, we were talking about him earlier in the year, and you said a lot of people we talk about on the rundown are normally flashes in the pan, but you think that Nolan Jones is someone that could be rosterable long term. He had his down period, but then the or the Rockies got rid of CJ Crone and Randall Gritchick, which has opened up an everyday spot for him. He's first base and outfield eligible, so obviously you love the flexibility there. Um, he, he's been walking at a little bit higher clip. It's at 11% for the year. What is a little bit alarming is he has a 33% strikeout rate. And the BAPA is extremely high at 387. That is partially playing in course. But as you mentioned, he's been batting even better away. He just had a two home run game at Milwaukee recently. He is playing every day. I'd say in 12 and 15 team leagues, he's definitely someone you should roster. In Marty's 10 team league, he's probably a free agent. He just said he gave you the look. Is he a free agent in your 10-team league, Marty? I don't know. I'm going to do some uh, some digging on that. Give me a moment. <laughs> yeah, it's no funny when I said that, and you won't see it because we have the graphic up. Marty's eyes open like this. He <laughs> is unrostered. Oh, boy. Ooh, Homer yesterday. No one jokes. Versus the Dodgers. He's one of my favorite players we've talked about in this section. As Doc mentioned, Definitely somebody, I think a lot of times on the rundown, we pick the hottest players, the players that have been most picked up over the last week. And nine times out of 10, those players are usually you're just riding the wave while they're hot and then they become droppable. He's one of the ones that definitely stuck out to me this season. And I think, again, he's had his rough patches, but he's definitely somebody that I think long term I'm definitely in on. And he could be a very valuable asset the rest of the season. And he has seven steals, too. That definitely counts for something. Do you guys all watch South Park? I used to. It's been on for 30 years. Uh, <laughs> David Schneider is a baseball player. <laughs> oh, at least Doc is laughing with me. <laughs> That's just dumb brother humor right there. I don't know how you thought of it, but kudos, David. Yeah, Art or Marty, have you guys never seen that episode? 
Potentially. We have to know that episode now. It's so it's Rob Schneider. And he's like in every single movie. So the whole episode of South Park is they say, Rob Schneider is a carrot. Or Rob Schneider is a steepler. <laughs> you have to, if you YouTube it, it's hilarious. So when I saw David Schneider, I just couldn't think, David Schneider is a baseball player. <laughs> in uh, that was a good reference. Oh, yeah, thank yeah. you. And, you're, and you're, if you had all gotten it from your South Park part. voice is pretty darn pretty darn good oh thank you that I is like a anything def- that makes fun of rob schneider <laughs> <laughs> well david schneider just got called up and he's played six games in the majors and over that time he's got a 409 519 682 triple slash with two home runs five rbis over that time you'd have 21 homers in just 87 games while reaching base at a 416 clip in triple a and he actually started his time in the major leagues which i think really put him on the map going nine for his first 13 to start the big league career. It's been a little shaky since then. He wasn't hitting atop the lineup just a couple games ago. He did sit, I believe it was yesterday, and today he was hitting towards the bottom of the lineup. Is it something that was hot, little cheesecake? Because David Schneider looked like he was going to be the guy, and I don't is, is he still the guy? I don't know. Please tell us. Um, I, I have, I, I think he's a good pickup. I think he's a solid pickup uh, in in with with, uh, with that team. He's been hitting well, and his minor league profile shows a person who uh, has a good eye, uh, always has a high walk rate. His K rates this season uh, in AAA went down to about twenty two percent from something that had been consistently over twenty six percent. But with his approach, he has uh, he's like a pole fly ball hitter. He's got a power approach. Um, I think that I liken him a little bit to like, um, almost like Spencer Steer, uh, someone who's just a, a good hitter, not like a league winner, but he came in hot and, and I think he could nail down a position. Toronto needs the offense. They need to keep pace in the East. Um, I like, I like his approach. Um, yeah, he's had a few, like he's had, he started off hot and he hasn't been great the last few days, but still in his first, 22 plate appearances. He's nine for 22, two home runs, and he's showing that strong walk rate, just like he he did. I with his approach, I think he's a decent pickup. Still only striking out in 21.7 percent of the plate appearances early on, so he's putting the ball in play a lot. Obviously, you don't do not like to hear that he has not gotten a hit since his nine for 13 start. So, but he is competing with Kevin Biggio for playing time. So it's not like that. There is a great option that in Toronto that he has to worry about if he struggles a little bit. So David Schneider, definitely somebody to keep an eye on here, as well as our next player who might be the hitter pickup of all three for the rest of the season in Zach Giloff of the Oakland Athletics, the rookie over his last seven games at 280 batting average, 357 OBP and 600 slug. Does have two home runs, four RBIs, a stolen base. He's homered in five of his last 11 games and 13 of his, uh, First 21 big league hits overall have been for extra bases. So he's giving you not just power, but he's just giving you gap, uh, gap to gap power. He's putting the ball in play where he's getting extra bases for those Oakland athletics. Marty, he's, he's playing for the athletics. We do have to take that into account, but he seems like, if, I mean, he's already hitting in the middle of the order for them. I find it very tricky to think with this much time left in the year, give it a month and a half, two months that they're not going to see what they have in him for next season. Yeah, especially coming on. I mean, six home runs, six stolen bases on the year. Um, playing in the Coliseum, I mean, that's that's a downgrade there. If you're looking in the Yahoo League, he's 19% rostered, so he's definitely out there. Uh, larger leagues, 15-teamers, um, if he's not already scooped up, go ahead and do it. 12-team, I think he's more of a streaming option. I, I don't – his max exit velocity is low. I think the stolen bases are going to be there, um, but I, I don't expect to see a higher than a 230 batting average um, for, from here on out. That being said, he might be a good weekend streamer here for Marty's party, but we'll talk mm. about that a little bit later. You always are good with the teases there, Marty. Mm. Leave the audience wanting more. Yeah, I, I think Geloff is definitely somebody that will be interesting to talk about, and he'll 
maybe he won't be in the rundown section, but I assume he'll probably be somebody we'll talk about in the most added players over the next couple weeks here. Let's flip to some pitching here, a little cheesecake. Chase Silseth, who I did play in a couple leagues last week, and I came out on top, luckily. Chase Silseth, his last outing, 12 strikeouts in seven, seven innings pitched. He's a converted reliever, uh, had been actually pitching basically shorter outings until his last few, was going to get kicked away from the rotation, and then he's just basically burst on the scene here. Over his last three starts, he's compiled an impressive 26-3 K to walk rate and a 206 ERA through 17.2 innings. The strikeout stuff is very surprising for him, little cheesecake. He burst on the scene, like I said, kind of just that, that 12 strikeout game coming out of nowhere per se. And the Angels need the pitching. So is Chase Silseth somebody you should be targeting rest of season? Uh, Chase is for me here. Goodness gracious, I was on such a roll here, and then you're doing I, well. The yeah, you know you you're all right. Uh, so here's the positives: limiting hard contact. Um, in a way, I mean his hard hit rate's high, so when batters do get you know the ability to see the ball, they they barrel it up. But at the most part, he's kind of nipping away. 76 percentile um, in in strikeout percentage. And then when we hop over to his minor league career, it's not even too long. He only has 83 innings pitched in the minors. and But in those, he had 110 strikeouts. So I believe the strikeouts to be there, he does a pretty good job at it. Uh, actually, looking at his walks, that's the one thing. If you look at his command in the minors, that wasn't too good either. So I think, again, a 15-teamer, 12-team with upside. But I think he's pretty much just a streamer from here on out until I see something else. So, just strictly a streamer matchup play for you? For me, nine, 15 teamer, fire him up all day, every day. 10, 12, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Next up, this is probably the pickup of the week in terms of all the players on this list. Cole Reagans! 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 <laughs> Over his, uh, his last start against the Red Sox, 6.2 innings. Four hits, one earned run, one walk, and 12 strikeouts against the Boston Red Sox. I actually believe it might it was supposed to be 11. That was my mistake with 12. Over his last three MLB appearances, though, he's compiled a 22-4K to K to walk rate while allowing just two earned runs over his last 17.2 frames. So uh, Reagans is somebody very interesting here. And Nick Pollock has talked about it. I've seen a lot of other people that analyze pitching closer than any of us do talk about that he's really just look like a completely different pitcher. I actually saw somebody kind of off topic, but I saw somebody parlay Cole Reagans and, Oh no, I'm sorry. It was Chase Silseth and um, Bryce Miller <clears throat> and they won $50,000. That's a whole nother story. They they bet uh 10 strikeouts for each of them and they won 50 grand, but wow. Cole Reagans could have been on that list with the way he's been pitching. The Royals look like they've got a gem here, a little cheesecake. And Cole Reagans is somebody I saw when he was still in the minor leagues. They compared him to Cole Hamels in terms of just the way he pitched, his demeanor, even looks-wise. So do, tell us, do the Royals have somebody here that we think should be rostered rest of season? Uh, his res- He's definitely had good results since he moved to Kansas City. Uh, he's... He looks like a different pitcher. The results are way different. I do like the picture you got. That's a good view of him throwing a circle change right there. That's a, that's really cool. Um, one of the things that he's done since going to Kansas City is he's introduced a new uh, breaking pitch, a slider or a slurve, uh, which he's been throwing um, through 14% and 12% in the last two games after not throwing it at all until coming to Kansas City really reducing use of the cutter, which he used a lot while he was in Texas. And the 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 walk rate that had plagued him in Texas, it really it's really not been an issue since he's come to Kansas City. Of course with with him in his past, he's had issues with walks, had issues with home runs in his minor league. Um, but they've unlocked something here. Of course, with Kansas City, there's a, you always have to temper your expectations. This is one of the worst teams in baseball. You're not going to get wins. But his strikeouts have always been there. And if he keeps these walks down, this new slider, 
and his use of it, it it's really done something for him switching up that pitch, pitch mix a little bit um and i i really like him but uh, again i i temper it a little bit he's done it for three games uh let's let you know i'd like i don't know if he can do it for the rest of the season I, i'm i i temper that my my expectations a bit he was the one of the main pieces in the chapman trade when they traded him to texas and they said they had studied kind of his his pitch mix. I mean, he's he's a guy that's had Tommy John surgery twice, but was a first round pick in 2016. So viewed him as a reclamation project. I mean, to your point, Cheesecake, I don't think he's going to get wins, but I'd also monitor the innings that he's going to throw. I mean, I, I watched his last start, 97 up, change up away, and then slider in two one counts. They have the confidence to throw that in the dirt, mm-hmm. and he got a bunch of people like. The stuff's there. He looks really good. And yes, I did scoop him up in the 10 team leaguer here. So he's playing St. Louis coming up here, baby. I'm excited. Ooh. The dude's nasty for real. I'm all about like him. Cole Reagans. Get him if he is out there on your waiver wire. The last player, Jamison Tyon. I know we've talked about him before and he's kind of gone through his periods, but he is on a good period right now, Doc. His last outing, seven innings, two earned runs, seven strikeouts. He's earned a win in four consecutive starts, a 2-2 ERA over that time with a 22-7 K to walk rate. For those Cubs that look like they're trying to get a playoff spot, look like they're, they're they held on to Cody Bellinger, and they seem like they're in it for the long haul here. If Jameson Tyone is out there, are you picking him up? I am. Uh, you know, the thing about Tyone, he's gone at least five in 12 consecutive games, and he's had 20 starts for this season. And in the beginning of the, the season, it was really kind of building his arm strength back up. You know, this is a guy that hasn't really pitched a full workload since his Tommy John surgery. Um, I, I do want to say that I'm tempering expectations a little bit, because when you look at the metrics, he's someone that has his expected batting averages in the 18th percentile, barrel percentage in the 15th percentile. K percentage in the 33rd percentile. He's not walking batters, which is very encouraging, but also some of the matchups he's had. I mean, I'm looking at the Mets where they're basically sellers versus the Reds. He went five innings. Then he played the Cardinals twice, the Nationals, the Yankees when they had Aaron Judge on the IL. So he, I mean, he's definitely someone that you're going to add even in a 10 team league, but I just don't have the highest hopes for him. I do love that he's a coffee aficionado, though. Is he? He is a, yeah. Interesting. Okay. You learn everything, something new every day, and now you know Jamison Tyone likes his coffee. Let's talk about the most added players over the last week or so. Cole Reagan's topping the list there, added in 41% of leagues. Davis Schneider, Chase Silseth, Cutter Crawford, Stephen Dormatz, Jamison Tyone. Mike Talkman and Walker Bueller, who is, I believe, pitching a uh, rehab assignment today, if I'm not mistaken, right? He's Somebody been doing, um, he did bullpen, uh, bullpen session, and then he did one a few days ago. I think he may have one either today or tomorrow. But yeah, he's looking to come September, um, if not just, I don't know, for fantasy purposes, if he's even worth scooping. But real life, it's pretty cool for the Dodgers. It, it is. is. Doesn't Cole Reagan's in that picture look like one of the dudes from Barstool? I can see him being a stoolie. Yeah, I can see it. I don't know who you're referencing specifically, but... Uh, the, the really funny guy that does the interviews that has long hair, but he has the PFT? face and the facial. I, I guess that's PFT. I don't know. He doesn't look like PFT. I could see him being a Barstool guy, though. Most dropped players over that time, soccer, Domingo Herman is at the top of the list, dropped in 47% of leagues. Liam Hendricks, Brandon Donovan, Edward Cabrera, Martin Perez, Emmett Sheehan, Ben Lively, and Luis Garcia are your most dropped players. And looking at the schedule for next week, we have our most five-game slate for teams in a while. The Cubs, the White Sox, the Twins, the Reds, the Blue Jays, and the Phillies all play five games next week. If you have any other team, they are playing at least six or seven, but the Cubs, White Sox, Twins, Reds, Blue Jays, and Phillies are all playing five. LC, it is bring out your dead time, but you said you did have a twist tonight, so you can go ahead and take the floor and, and show us what you got. Thanks. You know, there's that's no pressure. You know, 
Uh, th- this this week, thank you everyone. Bring out your dead. It back to you. We have no new sponsor this week. Uh, you guys hit me up if you guys want to sponsor. Bring out your dead. Um, we are uh, uh, hit me up on my all my social medias, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Everyone knows I like the money. The money. Uh, this week on Bring Out Your Dead, we are doing a deep dive. We're doing an inspection of the biggest baseball story of the last week because. One Tim Anderson is a regular, regular presence on our Bring Out Your Dead, and he has had a week, my friends. He has had a week, as they say. The kids say that, right, Eric? I think so. Yeah, no, I'm proud of you, Cheesecake. Thank you. Thank you. He's had a week. He's had a week. So, um, Tim Anderson, this is, uh, he got, he got his clock cleaned by, uh, Jose Ramirez on the 6th. Suspended six games for her role, his role in the fight with Jose Ramirez. Uh, that is in, that is insult to injury because Tim Anderson has not been good at when he's been out there. And then he gets suspended. A lot of, I, I, I wonder if, uh, if Ramirez might maybe, uh, maybe could have deserved a closer suspension, maybe the same suspension as Anderson because he did get three games. But I think it's interesting that uh, that Anderson got twice the suspension of Ramirez, and Anderson's the one who got uh, who got cold cocked. I will. Um, I will. I'm sorry, Elsie. Please. Um, I was listening to Eno Saris, and I was listening to there was somebody else also that brought this up. I forgot who it was. They said apparently that Tim Anderson had been like taught, like basically like yelling profanities and kind of like jawing at the Cleveland Guardian rookies before this, that he had flicked off the Cleveland Guardian fans, that he basically, this was like, this incident wasn't like out of nowhere, that there had been a lot of stuff leading up to it. And it sounded like he'd caused a lot of it. Yeah, he, there was, uh, he did get an out for pushing a person's hand off the base the day before. And, and I think Ramirez thought he tagged him uh, pretty hard, which is, Okay, you know I can understand that, and like you said, there they had that background. That always there's always a background in these. There's always a background. Uh, there's been some league wide reactions to this one. Um, the Arizona Diamondbacks held a players only meeting about the Tim Anderson fight, and why? Why did they hold a players only meeting? Because they wanted it to be made clear that if someone uh, made uh, someone on there, someone made uh, Gerardo Perdomo's knees wobble. Other players from Arizona are going to jump in and 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 swing, whereas they felt that the White Sox did not have Tim Anderson's back in this, so they had a players-only meeting about it. Uh, interestingly, a few days later, Corbin Carroll, uh, who revealed this in a conversation with Mookie Betts uh, about this, they Mookie and he uh, discussed uh, what would happen if there was a brawl between the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks, and. Uh, they they came up to an agreement that if they ever brawl, they'll just hold each other back. You know, that's what they're going to do. And you know, we don't want Mookie and uh, and Corbin Carroll uh, throwing hands. Corbin Carroll is the man. He's already leading that team, and he's up for a rookie of the year. It's pretty incredible. Mookie Betts is even more the man. <laughs> um, and interestingly, John Boy has has a footage that they claim is Lucas Giolito showing the bullpen. Uh, about Jose Ramirez and Tim Anderson. It is funny. I'm not sure if that's what he's doing because you're about 30 feet away and you can't hear what he's talking, but he's repeatedly bringing his fist to his cheek, um, to show how, how, how he got hit. Um, so it, this has been a buzz around the league. This is discussed by some of the stars of this league and their discussion recently. Um, now, Tim Anderson, what has he been doing? You know, on the season, the man has nine barrels, but only one home run, 2.1 expected home runs on the season. He's just not been hitting for power a few seasons ago. He was a 17 home run hitter. I think last season he got nine. The expectation was he would get back up into those teens, but uh, he's not been doing that. And then, of course, he he gets into a fight, and I found a Interesting, the Joe Rogan experience uh, pulled up the video on this in their discussion of UFC fights to discuss the technique of Jose Ramirez and Tim Anderson's 
fighting. And so, uh, of course, there's Brendan Schaub, an ex-MMA fighter on there. I believe uh, uh, Eddie Bravo, who's a, who's a jiu-jitsu fighter, is on there uh, talking about it. So they pull it up. And, uh, and of course, Joe Rogan goes into his UFC analyst mode. He, he goes, he flung that right hand. He winged it. Bang, Rogan said, referred to Ramirez's right hand. But he did think he looked like. Tim Anderson was the one who was a better trained actual fighter. So he thinks that Tim Anderson might be, might have trained, but uh, he did get cold cocked. And it, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go check out that, that episode. I would love to hear them reviewing the fight. Rasball does mention that Tim Anderson really uh, put up his hands against the guy who's been on the record saying that if he didn't hit when he was a kid, he was chased home by armed gamblers, which I think is funny. You know, Jose Ramirez, he he he's no punk. Uh, he he can throw down. He's he's a tough dude. Um, uh, some other things about Tim Anderson: his his ground ball percentage is at a career high. The highest he had put up before the season was fifty six. He's at almost sixty four percent when he was consistently in the mid to low fifties. He's hitting the ball on the ground a lot. His swing percentage is way down from his regular career swing percentages. But his own contact is in line with the career norms. He's not swinging like he was. He's not making good t- contact. Um, that's leading to the results. Then, of course, we got what happened. I got some. I got some more fun reactions to it. Uh, uh, Rob Friedman um, broke down the right hook mechanics. Pitching Ninja broke down the right uh, hook mechanics on the swing for Tim Anderson, and uh, I love this response. Uh, Willie Hood at Will Who ninety nine wrote it was Tim Anderson bobblehead night at the park that night, which I thought was really funny. Uh, and Wikipedia, someone uh, that was had some fun with Wikipedia for a short period of time. Tim Anderson's Wikipedia entry uh, said he was the son of Jose Ramirez. So now we all know who's, who's uh, Tim Anderson's daddy, according to the person who edited the Wikipedia article. Um, on the season, Tim Anderson has a 573 OPS with one home run, 11 stolen bases. Um, projections don't think he's uh, he's really that damaged goods. They project him to hit 291 for the rest of his bad X does with two home runs and seven steals. That would only be three home runs and 18 steals on the season. But they're projecting him to get that batting average back, hitting 291 the rest of the way. I... I'm not sure. I see it. He's hitting really poorly at home right now, hitting about 218, where he's about 260 on the road for his current 242 batting average, under 300 on base percentage, under 300 slugging on the season. Really, really pitiful outfit. But so I, I, I think Tim Anderson is, is droppable and he's been droppable for a while, but uh, it's interesting to see. What has happened between the two combatants since then? Jose Ramirez tried to uh, uh, apologize to Tim Anderson for the fight. and He says Tim Anderson has not responded to his attempts to apologize. And Tim Anderson spoke for the first time on Twitter. He put out a an eight-tweet stream to, uh, to put his viewpoints. I, they seem pretty cryptic to me. Uh, I don't know what he's trying to say. He goes, you all, you know, all this happening for a reason. We stay in focus with this Been going through this for a minute. Keep kicking on me while I'm down. A lot of MFers been switching up to y'all got me effed up for real, for real. Hope you picking up when I'm putting down too. the picture's bigger. So I, I hope that he can get his head right, you know, get his, his play right get himself in a better mental space to be playing better because he's been a good player for seasons and seasons. Uh, hopefully he can get some of that back. But uh, clearly, you know, Tim Anderson, who's who's one of the the, the OGs on this season's Bring Out Your Dead, um, coming through with, with, a, with a just real, real strange sight in baseball, uh, put up your Dukes fight on, on the baseball field. Um, and we, you know, I... I I wish him, you know, I wish, I hope, I hope a few days off does him well and he comes back and, and hits again. But, uh, you know, clearly right now he's, he's up there for bring out your dead MVP for the season. That's, yeah. uh, that's the, that's it. 
You would have thought Tim Anderson did something to your family for how in-depth you went to bury him. He said probably one of the worst years in baseball you can imagine in the sense of he's a former all-star, at the very least one of the, the leaders for a high batting average in the American League. And batting average is horrible. He has one home run, just got his butt beat in a fight on that, like, trended everywhere mm-hmm. he plays for a team that what was it um kenyon middleton called out and said that there's no a joke of, a, no a joke of an organization because of the culture there mm-hmm. like i would love to see what he would do in a different organization i feel like if you he's just like you put him in the right organization like i know the giants had kicked the tires on him a little bit like i heard rumors about that in san francisco i think he would have been great yeah. And, and there's even rumors. I don't know if you heard about the Yasmani Grandal rumors. He's, it seems like he's been, he's been on edge this season. And especially, of course, with the performance and the pressure he's under, uh, he's been on edge for a while. Right before the all-star break, uh, Yasmani Grandal had the day off. There was one game left. Mm-hmm. He said, I would like to, I'd like to bug out and go home one day early. And Tim Anderson, like said, I'll pay for your plane ticket. Get get out of here. That's the report. And Grandal confronted him about it. So it's uh, it's it's been he's been under pressure. He's been he's been acting funny for a minute. Hopefully, like I said, hopefully he gets his head right. Yeah, it. it I don't know what you do if you're the White Sox. Like you just brought in a new manager. Where does it start? Like where does the culture change? Even that start? manager needs to be fired. He's he's garbage. Yeah, Pedro Grafal. I think he's looking to. The, the players that used to be there and the players there for leadership, like, it's just, it's absolutely incredible. It starts and with the ownership, though, and they're not going to get rid of the owner, but they seem no, like they a board. But, yeah, it, 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 they even allude, quickly on that, even alluded to, like, the people who they traded were some of the people that weren't leaders in the club clubhouse. Mm-hmm. So, like, Lucas Giolito or Lance Lynn was the problem. It's like, what are you, unreal. Well, they, I, I, I'm going to butcher it. I remember them saying that, like, Lance Lynn and that Kendall, Kendall Graveman were pitching for Team USA. And that. Yeah, they left early. Um, and I think it was Middleton that said, you know, these are the guys who we rely on to be leaders around the clubhouse. They weren't here. It screwed up our spring training. We never got on the same page, et cetera, et cetera. It's been going on for three years. So it's just. Yeah. Now we know why the team full of talent isn't any good. There's no leaders and everyone hates each other. Yep. I mean, Dylan C's had a major step back this year. Like you put him in a different environment. Maybe that's, that's a big problem there. Uh, it's, if I'm the White Sox, I just blow it up. I rebuild. I bring in like a new man. Like I get all those players out of there. I bring in, I, I just go through a rebuild, get a manager like Ozzy Guillen, who I know <laughs> you are going to scuff at, but like you think you're going to pull stuff in his locker room. Like he at least has the like respect of the players. And I feel like can run a locker room. You may have like the other stuff, but I think he'd be an awesome thing for them. Or get somebody that's intense that is going to shape up the locker room a little bit. Let's talk and now let's go and switch over gear or switch gears here. And let's talk about Marty's two start pitchers. So Marty, I would love for you to go through them and doc. You weren't here last week, so I'm sure you have a lot built up in terms of your. this is why I did this show. Honestly, I would use that energy in something more productive, Doc. Nope. <laughs> Starting with your no-doubters for next week. And for those of you listening in your car wondering when is next week, August 14th through the 20th, the no-doubts uh, pitchers that we're going to go with, Matt Scherzer versus the Angels and the Brewers, Hugh Darvis versus Baltimore and the Diamondbacks, and Max Fried, welcome back. Uh, I have him in a few different leagues, so it's great to have him back on the team. Great first outing, struggled in the second one, but um, you know I expect him to return the form. Freed versus the Yankees and the Giants. You Darvis is allergic to multiple uh, good starts in a row. Just saying. Should starts for next week, starting with Eduardo Rodriguez at KC versus the Guardians. Merrill Kelly at Colorado at San Diego. You can Kelly's been great. His stuff doesn't wow me. So at Colorado at San Diego, two tough matchups. You could easily put them in the in the risky category, but I have to say there's no league where I'm not starting them right now. 
Um, Grayson Rodriguez at San Diego at Oakland. Bobby Miller uh, versus Milwaukee versus Miami. And then lastly, Logan Gilbert at Kansas City at Houston for your should starts for next week. This is crazy that you have Grayson Rodriguez and Logan Gilbert in the same thing. I thought it was more Bobby Miller. Who had, I think he's like a six ERA over his last few starts. He doesn't. Bobby Miller? Right. Grayson uh, Rodriguez has been alternating four, six, four, six, four, six for strikeouts and walking at least two. Hasn't gone seven innings, I believe, once this year. And at San Diego is a tough matchup. It's a risky business. Bobby Miller. I was pretty sure Bobby Miller's been not that great of late. Bobby Miller. You know, his last uh, his last three before, well, last time, he was really good out uh, last night. Oh, yeah, against the, the Diamondbacks. Before before six, six scoreless Struggle. innings, 3.2 innings before that, five. Six, I mean, he hasn't been horrible, just hasn't pitched deep into games besides his last start. Um, You go ahead, Marty. You go ahead. I apologize. 3.78 XERA in the year. It's pretty good considering what, what we're looking at as far as the landscape. Um, I do like that he's kept his walks down and the Ks, they've gone up and down here and there. I mean, the, the, the fastball velocity is there and he does a good job with his mix. So I'm hoping um, in the offseason, because the Dodgers are going to need him. But from what you've gotten from Bobby Miller um, off the waiver, you got to be pretty, uh, pretty happy. Um, and then moving into the risky business, uh, starting with Braxton Garrett versus Houston at the Dodgers, Nick Pavetta at Washington at Yanks. You could even throw that into the should starts. I'm just, un- I'm always constantly questioning his role because even now he is a two start pitcher. Boston's been kind of throwing the, the proverbial curveball at you, whether or not he'll come in after, but he does fine when he does. He still gets three, four innings. So, um, I don't have a problem bumping him up to a should start. Uh, especially with uh, pretty good uh, – the Yanks are hitting better lately with Stanton finally waking up and judge back. Um, but, yeah, at Washington, at the Yankees. Miles, Michaelis, I'm I'm fine with sitting him, but versus Oakland and versus the struggling Mets, I, I don't hate that. Graham Ashcraft has been a take-a-seat for a while, but since, what, July, he's been actually really good. And he had another great outing today. Graham Ashcraft versus Cleveland versus Toronto. Kyle Hendricks versus the White Sox versus Kansas City. Logan Taylor Allen at Cincinnati versus Detroit. Brady Singer versus the Mariners at the Cubs. And rounding off with Nick Martinez versus Baltimore versus Arizona. Marty, what would you, if you knew Nick Martinez was only going to go three or four innings, would you still put him as a risky business? Versus what? Uh, Take a seat because he's not eligible to get you the win. Yeah, you could. Because they had him in a relief role. Uh, earlier or last week, and then against the Mariners on Tuesday or Wednesday, they had him pitch three, and then they 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 told him ahead of time we're going to have you pitch three innings max, and then they had somebody else follow. Yeah, that's he's another. That's why he's risky. I mean, you could sit him or or not. Like if you have Nick Martinez, it's going to be in a very deep league anyway. So. Probably one of those guys that probably is your fifth starter. So you, you may want to start him. You may not. I don't have a, I don't have a problem um, either way. I mean, we're talking about risky business, which is you probably should sit him first. You definitely should sit him. I don't spend too much time about that. And then lastly, the take of seats. Wade Miley at the Dodgers at Texas. JP Sears at St. Louis first Baltimore. Luis Severino at the Braves versus Boston. Unless you're an ace, I really do not want to start you versus the Braves. And that goes for almost anybody in the league. I, they're just Fair enough. absolutely incredible. Uh, Carlos Carrasco versus Pittsburgh at St. Louis. Uh, what does that one say? Uh, Littell? Zach Littell yeah. at San Francisco <laughs> at LA. And then Dakota Hudson. Well, actually, you see, I had him almost has to take a seat. Did I put him in the, the risky business too? Um, who was that I was thinking of? That must have been so. Oh, Miles Michaelis. No, Dakota Hudson, take a seat. First open, first Mets, no thanks. Those why? are your two star pitchers. Wait, wait, why is Zach, uh, like, I like in the, in the take a seats? Because I wouldn't good. start him. I kind of like Littell as well. But I didn't know he was two start next week. Yeah, I mean, what, what about not, him? Do you not, like? not awful matchups at San Francisco at LA. LA is like seven him? in their last ten. I, I yeah. like, 
I like he does he doesn't walk people and he's gone uh five and six innings the last two two times out for Tampa Bay. So I think he he is a good shot for wins. He had he went Is that counting today's did he pitch today? Did he, he pitch, did today? pitch today? Yes. Okay, because before today he pitched three innings and he had two strikeouts with a nine ERA. And every one of his stat casts is blue. Except for he didn't walk anybody in those three innings. So if I mean, you want to start him, I guess. I wouldn't recommend it. Favorites the Cardinals. Six innings, seven hits, three earned, uh, no walks, five Ks. Yeah, if you want. Go ahead. Marty, I don't know why I've been Marty? To figure out Bobby Miller's ERA this entire time. <laughs> Marty, Marty was so glad when I was out last week. No, I just want I've just I'm just over it. <laughs> Honestly, I just am. The whole like it feels like I'm part of like a wrestling like a wrestling match. Like, what are you gonna do, brother? I'm gonna <laughs> get gonna you this time. It. It's like eh. It's I don't know if it helps our listeners. I hope it does. I think it does. I think uh, iron sharpens iron. We have yeah, we have we'll we have see. good debates about it. Marty, think right. about it. In the off season, you and I there it wasn't like David where we had like or some of our guests where we had like clashes about like ADP or I like this guy and I'm at on this guy. You and I only really clash about two star pitchers. I don't clash. I'm be we are in four leagues together and I'm doing better than in you in every single one. There's nothing about you and your opinion in baseball that I have to listen to. So I'm you know good, brutal. But I hope I hope because there's been a lot of points you brought up over the months and years that are very valid, and I hope they help our listeners. But at no point do they ever waver what I'm thinking. You are that's fair. That that's fair. fair, Marty. Love that you stuck to your guns. I do want to say I have been awful about checking my teams this year, and that is not oh, to take anything away goes. from you. But even oh, this week, there's nothing. Let me be clear here. There is nothing you could ever take away from me in this podcast or off this podcast. I'd like to point out, I, I'm right now. I'm thinking of the GIF where it's The Simpsons. He's like, "Stop, stop! He's already dead, <laughs> Marty. He's already dead." And, oh, I love you, Marty. It's all love. I know. I'll, I, I'll um, put you on the bring out your dead list. We'll get you for next week. <laughs> <laughs> Marty, you might have to host the show. I don't know if I can take much more. <laughs> I might you have might to. Have to. This might be the last time we have you. I might, uh, I'll, I might I'll have to get demoted for Vinny. Um, one thing about Bobby Miller, I knew I wasn't crazy. Um, he does have a 4.88 ERA since June, since June 7th. And it was even worse, um, if you don't include last night. Yeah. So like, that's, that's where I, like, I was like, I'm not, I get it. Yeah. Because I think it was, it was definitely over five before last night. Since June 17th, like pretty much like after his first few starts. But I like it, to make sure I don't that I'm not like, if there's a 10 team league where he's rostered. Maybe there is, but I'm thinking in a 15 team where you're definitely going to start him. In a 12 team, yeah. probably, yeah, right? I mean, are you going to sit him with two starts? Probably not. No, I mean, it's, I, at this point, it's a numbers game, too. You probably need the, like, the, need the strikeouts. That's might, true. Man, you already know if your ERA is blown up, like, go for yeah, the counting stats. The accumulating stats. And that's you another, know, that's I, actually a really good point for the listeners. That if you're still going at it, obviously, if there's a, you know, if whip's blown up, dude, just start it every, but I mean, what are we doing here? You know, yeah. throw everything at him at the kitchen sink. You know what I just realized, too? There are three. That you're late rookie... for your flight? No. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> Uh, there are three rookie Miller pitchers this year: Bobby, Bryce, and Mason Miller. Yeah, it's meet the Miller. Should we rank them? I mean, it's hard because Mason, Mason hasn't. I was going to say, is Mason last? Well, Mason hasn't pitched much this year, and and if he doesn't pitch much more, like, what's his innings going to be next year? Fifty. Yeah, like, are we ranking them for the future. Are we ranking how they've done this year. I don't know. For next if year, he, if he had pitched more, I think it would have been. It's just hard because he hasn't pitched enough. Um, it's Bryce Bobby. Bob. Who's the who's the, the middle Bryce. one? Bryce. He's had ten strikeouts. Who's the other one? Bobby Mason. And, and Mason. Mason. Okay, that's the one I forget. Yeah, I think Mason might have the best stuff, but he also has the biggest injury risk. Bobby Miller, I think, is also very talented. Bryce Miller has definitely looked the best, but um, any of these pitchers could end up being Ian Anderson. You never know, right? <laughs> yeah. 
They come out and Especially look good. Especially being season. on the Athletics. That's that's a tough look. <laughs> you want to get off that team. Doc, let's get to your segment. Take us to the doctor's office. Who are we streaming this week? Well, we got to revive me after Marty just killed me in that last <laughs> segment. So, starting out, Yuri Perez, who's only owned in 39.6% of the ESPN leagues, and somebody that I was fortunate to pick up as soon as I saw Craig Mish, our buddy, uh, report that he was getting back from double A. Now, I know the first start back, he gave up four earned in 4.2 innings against the Reds. But watching that game, he looked really great the first three innings. He gave up only one earned in six Ks. And the second time through the lineup is when he got beat around. And it was at Cincinnati. And now he gets to face the Yankees. So figure there he's a little bit more comfortable. Pitch count is coming back up. The Yankees are averaging four runs per game in August. And against the White Sox, they just struck out in 47% of their at-bats. So they are cold right now. Yuri Perez, expect a good strikeout game from him. Next, J.P. France, owned in 25.9% of the ESPN leagues. The last three home games, 20 innings pitched, five earned, a 13-5 to K to walk ratio. Obviously not giving you the swing and miss stuff. But for the second half of the season, in 28.2 innings pitched, he has a 1.57 ERA. And he threw 3.1 innings on relief on August 6th. So when he pitches on the 12th, he will be on six days rest. And the Angels have scored five or less runs in seven out of their nine August games. They're three and seven in their last 10. They are trending the wrong direction. And maybe it's just hopeful for me that they lose. And then the last, Cole Reagans. I mean, how can you not pitch him right now? He's only owned in 5.6% of ESPN leagues. We're talking about his last two games. He's had 12.1 or two innings pitched, one earned, 19 to two Ks to walks. And last game, he had 18 whiffs, which was a career high for him. And one of the things that I really like, his fastball velocity is up from 92.1 to 96.2 this year. And that really helps when you throw your off-speed pitches. His change at 86.3 and the curve at 81.5 miles per hour, both which have a below 175 batting average against. And the Cardinals have scored 39 runs their last 12 games. And I know they did win today at Tampa. This is, I made this graphic before. But prior to that, they lost two out of three in St. Louis versus the Rockies. They're just a lost team this year. And besides Arenado and Goldschmidt, you know, Lars Newtbar has shown flashes. Tommy Edmond has shown flashes. But they're a really lost offensive team as well. Yeah. I mean, they definitely are right now. So good stuff there from Doc. Uh, I just saw the Uncle Ted hanging out in the comments. Uncle Ted, uh, usually we get Uncle Ted hanging with us each time we come on here. Sandy Kirby Woodruff and Burns down the stretch for the championship run. That's quite a quartet to have. I do say so myself. Screaming Cutter Crawford, Ober, Bradish, Cortez, and Hunter Brown are streaming them. A pretty good call with those guys as well. And Bryce Elder sucked today. He did. Uh, we all knew this was coming from Bryce Elder. He, he actually, until his rough stretch, I believe they said had the lowest qualifying ERA since the end of last season. Uh, it was up until obviously the last like month or so. But he had actually sneakily pitched pretty well. The, the expected stats were just pointing towards regression. Yeah, I mean, obviously, again, it's... I think we all thought eventually it would, but um, definitely it's not. The whole Pittsburgh Pirates beat up on that whole Braves pitching staff. Strider, six earned runs. Max Reed gave up like five earned in like four point something innings. And then Bryce Elder also gave up like five earned today too. They they split 2-2 and the two wins the Braves had were uh, come from behind wins. Yeah, the, the Pirates had their number. Um, I don't know if we should have the Spencer Strider talk or we should just save that for another day. Because that was absolutely brutal, <laughs> to be honest. But the part that just Not like a good start. the great, the only thing I'm going to say is it's crazy to me the amount of Spencer Strider hate that I've seen on Twitter since that start. It has been absolutely bonkers to me. People are what, saying like, when you say yeah, like what, what does hate mean? Like they don't think he's a top five pitcher. Or, or so I'll give you an example because I was on Twitter or I have Twitter open and I saw it scroll across my feed 
uh, where someone said it was like power ranking of the top 10 pitchers in baseball over uh, for like week 21, whatever it was. Spencer Strider was number seven. And it was a quote tweet that said, Strider, like question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Like basically like, why is he on this list? He was like num- the ranked number seven pitcher in baseball this year. And the, and people are in the comments like, yeah, 394 ERA, like dude is uh, 4.5 ERA over his last 15 starts. He, he's the most overrated pitcher in baseball. If he didn't have strikeouts, he would literally be nothing. Like that's, everybody just looks at the strikeouts. So when he's doing really bad, he's averaging a quality start. But that's the thing is every it's like I've never seen so much Spencer Strider. Again, nobody's saying Spencer Strider sucks. People are just saying like y'all treat him like he's an elite pitcher. I think people did that with when Burns wasn't really good those first two months too. It's just you're on Twitter, man. It's just people looking for some attention, man. That's all it is. It's it's actually crazy. Like I I, I obviously I don't know if I we didn't say this on this show. I don't think I said it on the, the um uh what's it called on the uh, call up no on um. On the on the wire podcast with Adam the other night, where I actually said I made the bet on Strider, and I did make the bet on Strider, but like I, I'm just baffled that people are basically saying he has no chance to win the Cy Young when he's like eight or nine more starts left, and he leads all of baseball in strikeouts by a wide margin. He's second in the National League in wins, and he's a three nine four ERA. He has like eight or nine starts left. If he gets that ERA down to like three five. I don't understand why it's like, well, I understand that he may not be the favorite and that's fine. But I'm just, I'm just shocked at people how like, how like mid people are calling him. That's the part that's crazy to me. So I don't know. I'm just on my soapbox here. I'm, I am going to become the Spencer Strider guy. And, th- and I know that's, that's how bold crazy. of you. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> if Spencer Strider wins the Cy Young, I will. Wear a mustache, even though I can't really grow a mustache. I will wear a mustache on this show. All I was always year. big on Randy Johnson too, you know, just me. <laughs> Here's the question: Yeah, Gallon or Strider? Who would you take? Not, I mean, not let's not even say for uh, Strider either. for me, just in general. Strider, Strider, just more upside there. Can't show yeah. this to the. I can't show this to my buddy that uh, is friends with Zach Allen. You take Strider as well, cheesecake. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I love Gallon, but he doesn't. Yeah, the upside for Striders. I would say he'd be your second pitcher. You know, you get Strider in the second, Gallon in the third. Keep it rolling next year. Yeah, we'll see how Strider finishes the year. It makes me feel better that Pittsburgh had. You better finish well. I put a hundred bucks on it, you bastard. (laughs) (laughs) You talked me into it. We were all. I talked to all of you on the phone, and you all like. I was like, make a case against it, and you guys didn't have a strong case. I was like, why? Like, why do I? I won't talk about how much I bet, but I will say it's more than a hundred. I won't talk about how much I bet either, but it was also more than a hundred. All right, we actually have a question from James Coffee in the chat. I don't think I recognize you, James. So welcome to the show. Uh, Good time here as we're getting ready to wrap things up in the last couple segments here. Roto League, he has Corey Seager and Bo Bichette, and he needs some pitching help for the playoffs. Your thoughts on moving Bichette for Zach Wheeler? I would do it. Yeah, I mean, will someone, does someone want Bo Bichette not knowing the timetable? I mean, he's, his knee, he has, what, a strained knee or knee? They, they just said knee discomfort. Yeah, they did yeah. say he was, he was he's ramping up. But he's he ramping up, but he's still, symptoms. They, he's ramping up, but he's still not running full speed yet. So okay, yeah, I would. Why not? Yeah, I agree. If you need pitching, I think it's a pretty fair trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we're all for it, James. I think make that move, especially get to keep Seager, who I think would have had a shot to be the uh, American League MVP if he hadn't gotten hurt and Otani didn't exist. Then I, I think that's that's a that's a okay move to make there. Marty, let's, let's party. go back. Let's go back to our regular scheduled program here and take us to your. I am party. bummed that you don't have me. Um, I know dancing at the Tigers game for this. I mean, I feel like that is next week. LBN. Okay, good. Hope you saved it. Marty's party. As always, these are three streamers that I like for this upcoming weekend, which is August 11th through the 13th. So your Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, especially if you're ahead the head leagues. You know, when you're looking for a couple extra counting stats, uh, coming around the bend here. Um, Zach Galoff at Washington. We talked about him a lot. I don't really have to say too much. Uh, Six home runs, six stolen bases, slashing 250, 315, 560 slug. 
you're looking for uh, nine, sprint speed, 95th percentile. So I don't, I, I don't think we should expect home runs really necessarily moving forward from him. More of a gap guy, uh, but I love the stolen bases. Mr. Sal Freelich at the Chicago White Sox. Horrible pitching team. Uh, Sal's 35% rostered. And um, for those of you that took him in your DC 50s, you got to be pretty happy, you know, being able to slot him uh, at for what he's currently doing. And then lastly, Joey Votto at Pittsburgh. He's been looking really good lately. Um, Stop. <laughs> Wait, why? You know Doc's bet? Oh, yes. Wait, yeah. what's he? Let's. Uh... He has 13 home runs and he can't hit more than 18. That one game where he hit two home runs was just. That was a dagger to my heart. Yeah, uh, 13 home runs and those 158 plate appearances. Uh, slashing 219, 323, 533. Uh, max exit velocity still in the 71st percentile there um so yeah those are those are the three weekend streamers for joey at pittsburgh i think joey's just good for the rest of the year especially anytime he's not playing every day though so i think he's he's playing basically every day yeah playing enough just to ruin your day i'm Uh, watching it like a hawk Uh, (laughs) um i'm just gonna say it's gonna be uh mr sal i want i want sal to come to the to the party this weekend i love what he's done on the brewers in the outfield there uh filling a role where at least for me, outfield's been pretty tough in the five-team uh, mm-hmm. or five-outfielder league. So if you're able to scoop him in there, I really like that. He has to pop. He's in a, at a good ballpark. Maybe he can get you a stolen base there. So I'm going with Sal Freelick this weekend, but you can't go wrong with all three of those guys. I appreciate it. That was my party. All right, LC, take us home with some potential streamers to look at for the weekend here. Or yeah. Next, go ahead. Yeah, this is so I how I like to look for for one start streamers for next week uh for pitching and and just hitting streamers that I like for next week. Um I I like um to to look at matchups, you know, we had I I still remember when Mike Simeon came on the first time and we talked about streaming for about an hour and and uh, and, and he just he 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 could not stress enough that it was the team they played that was that was what you looked at. You know, you looked at, they, you wanted them to be pitching well, but it actually was more important who they were pitching against. And and so I always look at that when I'm looking at perhaps picking up streamers for next week. And 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 Marty will see how I um, how I did not realize Zach Littell was a, a two start because I they don't have the Sunday starts on uh, on the uh, fan graphs. So I wasn't sure if he was going to start Sunday. In your defense, it's the Tampa Bay Rays. All of that mm-hmm. could change at the drop of a hat. So yeah. the fact that he's pitching on Tuesday, that's the most we're going to get from Tampa Bay. Yeah. So yeah, you're good to go. Yeah, and they, they're they starting someone named, what is his name? What is his name on are Monday? They still, they, are they still haven't announced their starter for Saturday. I have no idea who I'm going to watch pitch for them. Well, Jalen Beeks just... Opened like I think it was today or yesterday. I think Savale's Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean the Rays are the biggest mystery when it comes to this. You could have Saturday. I, Saturday might be Glass now, so that'd be a pretty good one. Um, I I have I thought because San Francisco, I as I as I, I I ran down all the teams since um, since uh, the trade deadline. I've, I looked at, at how things, because I don't think looking from before the trade deadline is useful because a lot of teams have shuffled things around so significantly since at the trade deadline. Uh, Cleveland has by far the worst offense in baseball since the trade deadline. Interesting fact, uh, I, I will say the Tim Anderson fight, Cleveland's one and four since the fight. The White Sox four and one. Ooh. Interesting. 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 Yeah. Cleveland has a 37 WRC plus since August 1st. Colorado's next worst at 60. Arizona, cold as ice. It was cold as ice. Uh, San Francisco Giants, who, uh, Zach Littell starts against. He's my second favorite, uh, second favorite, uh, one start. Well, I thought he was a one start. He, I, I like that San Francisco start. I'm not sure how much I like the Angels start if he gets that on Sunday. So, 
Uh, yeah, I wasn't sure if he was two starts next week. Uh, Kyle Gibson, though, is my favorite. He has start Friday at Oakland. Gibson has had a uh, quality start in each of his last four and five of his last six. Uh, he's been pitching well, and he gets Oakland with his uh, with his uh, Baltimore first-place Baltimore team. Johan Oviedo uh, starts Wednesday at the Mets. The Mets are also among the coldest teams in baseball since the break. Of course they are, and Oviedo has some surprising uh, um, uh, strikeout upside. The guy he's, a, he's had at least five <clears throat> strikeouts in each of his last, I think, four starts, including one 10-strikeout game. And Pittsburgh and the Mets, I don't think Pittsburgh's at a disadvantage for getting a win in that matchup. So I think that's a pretty strong pickup. Um, depending, like some of these, a lot of these guys are not 15 team league viable streamers. So, uh, for one start, I think it's possible, you know, look at what you have. But the last guy uh, I wanted to bring up is Javier Assad, who is starting. They've been increasing his innings starting Wednesday against the Chicago White Sox, who, as we noted before, uh, are just in, in a rut. They have a 73 WRC plus since August 1st. My only reservation about Assad, there's a few at least, um, is that he won't get enough innings. I think that if he, I think that the Cubs versus the White Sox, that's a pretty good win probability for them, but he has not gone five innings yet this year. They've been trying to stretch him out. This will be his first start. I'm not sure if you can count on him to get the five innings to get that start. So, Proceed with caution on Javier Assad, but I do like the matchup. I think the White Sox are a good win possibility for the Cubs next week. Hitting streamers. Uh, I really like as far as for next week, each of these players play six games, but they've been all really hot and hitting very well. And, uh, well, the catcher, Ryan Jeffers, plays five games next week. So I'll start with him. Ryan Jeffers only plays the Minnesota only has five games next week. However, we're talking about a catcher. You, you don't, you know, five or six games, it's not the same as like an outfielder or like a first baseman because catchers don't play every day anyways. Um, he's, Jeffers has taken over the starting catching position. Christian Vasquez, who has not hit well this year, is just, he's just a backup now. So Jeffers has 11 straight games with a hit and four home runs since, since the beginning of August. He's hitting really hot. So I'd look to pick him up if you're in need of a catcher. He's available, heavily available in 12 and, 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 uh, and shallower leagues and 15s as well. I was looking at, uh, at the Earth Leagues. He's, uh, 55% rostered in the Earth League. So I think there's a decent shot in 15s that Jeffers hasn't quite gotten through. And this weekend will be when he does. So this could be your chance to pick him up. As far as outfielders go, I do like Kerry Carpenter, who's been very hot with the bat hit 342. One of some um, with one home run uh, since the deadline. His six games next week. I really I picked him up in a few leagues this week. Um, I really like what he's been doing lately. I think Harry Carpenter's a solid pickup, uh, and he does have that power. Only one home run since the deadline, but Harry Carpenter has power in that bat, and, uh, and there's always possibility for a multiple home run week for him. Infield, I like two infielders to pick up for streaming next week. Bryce Terang. Strongly available in 12-team and shallower. Mike Moustakis, the same. Terang, 407 with three steals. He's definitely the good steal option for you for next week. Three steals and three attempts since the deadline. Moustakis, 10 RBIs and two home runs hit and 344 since the deadline. He does not play every day for the Angels, however. But he, like I said, that 10 RBIs since the deadline. That is super solid. That 344 batting average, super solid. He looks invigorated playing with the Angels. I like him as a hitting stream for next week. All right. Thank you so much, Elsie, for those streamers. And again, hopefully our listeners between Doc's pitching streamers he gave and then Art's streamers for next week in general. Marty's two-star pitchers that you guys feel all well-prepared for the next week ahead as we're in crunch time. This is week 20. Mm -hmm. So we're in the last, what, maybe if you're in a league that has playoffs, there's probably, what, like three weeks left, and then it's playoffs. If you're in a you know, a league that does points, just like a, a roto-type league, and then we're, again, like probably about six, seven weeks left. So this, this is the is grind the time, time. to make moves on the uh, waiver wire and fab for cheap. Everyone's 
people are worried about Baker Mayfield and whether or not he's going to start. Like, this is the time for yep. people like me to win it. That's right. Take advantage. <laughs> Obviously, if you're in a baseball league, fantasy baseball league, I'm sure that you're trying to win money right now. I'm sure your leagues cost money. So, uh, take advantage of the half of your league that might have checked out for that reason. So, uh, we are going to be here every single week to the end of the season. So if you guys have questions for future episodes, please make sure you let us know. If you guys are enjoying the content. Please make sure on YouTube that you subscribe. If you are not already subscribed, you like the video and you click the bell. So you get notified every time when we go live each week, if you're on the podcast version, we appreciate your listens as well. And you can always give five star ratings and reviews, not just for this show, but for the fantasy baseball beat and the call up as well. They're also part of the triple play fantasy network. We'll be back with you guys next Thursday night. Uh, as far as myself, that is either going to be my last show or this is going to be my last show. It depends on when mother nature decides my daughter's going to be born. Uh, but that will not be the last you hear of me ever on this podcast. It will just be for a little while while I get used to being a new dad. So um, if you don't hear from me next week, you know why. If you do, then I'll make sure that I give the proper send-off. But until then, for a little cheesecake from Marty Party, for Doc, I'm D. Mendy. We're going to make like a bread truck, and we're going to haul these buns. Talk to you guys next week.